All right, today is Octo October. Today is November 1st, 2021. Today, it's the off day in between Game 5 and Game 6 of the 2021 World Series between the Braves and the Houston Astros. So the Braves are up th three games to two up on Houston. Now they're headed back to Houston. And it's been a fun series. And, you know, as Yankee fans and as baseball fans, we got to go for our, the Atlanta Braves. We can't go for the Astros even though they're an American League side. Um, unfortunately, the Braves could not get it done at home, so they'll have to get it done on the road, which means that for the... Well, the home team has not won the World Series at their home ballpark since the 2013 Red Sox, which is amazing to me, because, you know, you have home field advantage. You would typically think that you would win the World Series at home. And there's been a lot of Game 7s this year, I mean, of recent past. So, yeah, what do you think of the series so far, son? It's been great. You know, I'm excited to see you go to game six and seven, or potentially game seven. Uh, I felt after the, I think it was uh, Adam Duvall Grand Slam last night, I felt real confident about the Braves um, after the first inning. I was like, well, Braves just won the World Series. Unfortunately, they could not close it out, though. Um, Houston came back, put up, I believe, what, nine runs, seven runs? Yeah, final score yesterday was seven to two. Yep, so Jose Curdy came in after Framber Valdez and pretty much shut the rest of the offense down. Wait, no, I actually lied. It was not 72. I was about to say, it was 74 because the grand slam. Okay, so it was 9 to 5 yesterday. Either way, Jose Curdy got the win, so I was looking at a game. Are you right there? You're right there. AJ Minter had, after a really great start to the series, had faltered yesterday and got the loss. But the, Red, the Braves bullpen has been pretty decent this this entire series. They've been able to get through the orders, especially Tyler Matzik. In my opinion, Tyler Matzik could easily be World Series MVP for the Atlanta Braves. Um, and that bullpen has been super reliable, which is nothing you would not have expected considering halfway down the road of the season, the Braves bullpen was suspect. It was disgusting in terms of numbers and they did not have good bullpen whatsoever so you know they're re really relying on their bullpen too after Charlie Morton um, fractured his fibula by getting hit by a line drive and then that guy proceeded to throw 16 pitches and have a 1-2-3 inning before he finally got out of the game <laughs> yeah that is what's absolutely crazy to me about the whole Martin situation he's practically pitching on a broken leg uh, and then Goes out there, gets that one, two, three inning, and then I mean, I think this kind of gives a, a an attest to what kind of a teammate Charlie Morton is. But then he goes and apologizes to his team, you know, saying sorry, he's not going to be able to help him win this World Series, and it, it just shows you the kind of grinder he is, the the sort of teammate he is. I mean, that's I, I have nothing but respect for Charlie Morton after that. Yeah, and you got to remember, this guy was going to retire about three years ago, three or four years ago, and then you know he wanted to go to he wanted to be down south he wanted to be in the Rays and he was really great with the Rays and then he signs a contract with the Braves um, last year the previous this past year and he was great you know this guy got an extension for next season I believe one year 20 mil with the Atlanta Braves and you know if he keeps this up who knows how long he's going to pitch for and yeah yeah he's a huge gamer like you were saying he apologized afterwards and it put the Braves in a rough spot because he was only able to go, I believe, three or four innings, right? If I remember correctly. 
If that, I think maybe three sounds right. I think it happened in the second. I can see that it was really early in the game. Um, Let's check it out. Yeah, I'm about to say I'm drawing a blank right now. But uh, I do want to ask you one question, though, because, I mean, this is a Braves team that at this point is pretty bruised and battered, right? They lose Acuna, they lose Soroka, now Morton goes down. You know, like, this isn't a Braves team that's at full strength, and yet they're still taking the Astros to game six. Have three, well, three, two now, but, you know, put, win three games against Houston in the World Series. Do you think that for this Braves team that we're just seeing the beginning of them, and this could be a team that ends up becoming a dynasty, especially if they're able to pull off the win this year, uh, win the World Series, then you get guys like Acuna back. Um, they can maybe add on in free agency, but look at Soroka back, Charlie Morton back. Uh, like a Braves team at full strength, do you think like that this is going to be the last time we see them in the World Series? Ooh, I I don't think this is going to like a dynasty per se. Like you're not going to see what the like the tear that the Dodgers have been on, how the Red Sox have on and off been on. Um, just because I think the NL East will catch up at some point and. If you look at the NL East this past season, it was just complete mess. Um, and honestly, it depends what the Braves do in free agency, whether or not they keep Freddie Freeman, because Freddie Freeman is the cornerstone of that franchise. They need somebody like him to stay in there and stay a huge part of that team. And they need to find a way to get more like more bullpen help. Yes, um, they've been amazing this series, but they're not exactly guys you can rely on year in, year out, all the time. And because you can't rely on guys to stay consistently good, like each year to year. Um, we said out of the Yankees, Yankees bullpen, you know, you use your big guys for a long time and then towards the end of the season, then they falter. Um, so I think the Braves need to reinvest into the bullpen a little bit more if they want to um, stay a dynasty. Because at some point, I believe that NLEs, there's too much talent at NLEs, that's the issue. Um, I think the Marlins, I believe Derek Teeter did mention this off this last year that this offseason the Marlins are going to be very active in the free agency market. and Well, not free agency market, but just in the offseason. So we'll see like exactly how that looks and see how much more competitive the Marlins will be next season. And then you can't count out the Mets. Yes, they are the Mets, but they're still a very talented club on paper. And you'll have to see if they bring back Javier Baez to help with Francisco Lindor. And I think Lindor's going to have a ba- bounce back here. Um, just because, like, that first year in New York, we talked about this earlier, that first year in New York, most guys have, have to try to adjust it accordingly. And with the Braves, they just need able to keep, um, what's it called? Keep those big guys that they currently have, like Austin Riley or Freddie Freeman. And they have, obviously they have Acuna Jr. coming back next season. So I, offensively-wise, I think they're a really good set but on the pitching wise we'll we'll have to see for the dynasty wise because we'll see how Michael Soroka comes back we'll have to see because Charlie Morton he's probably only good for another two years after this season because at some point he will be missing his family enough to where he's gonna go home and they just need to keep reinvesting their pitching and then at that point yes I think they're gonna be a dynasty and Will Smith is not that good of a closer either um, he always makes it interesting, kind of like uh, what's Araldis Chapman. Luke Jackson, he's bounced back somewhat, but he's still a very suspect guy in the bullpen. But yeah, I don't think it's a start of dynasty as of now. What do you think? Well, I mean, it, 
like I said, Ben, this isn't a team that's nearly at full strength. You know, it, it's like you said, the bullpen was. There was such a sore spot for them in the regular season, and it's been uncharacteristically uh, solid for them this postseason, and specifically in this you know World Series. And so, eventually, I have to wonder if the pressure is going to cause this bullpen to crack. And I mean, we kind of saw it a little bit last night. You go up four nothing, and then they kind of scored, uh, like what was it, seven unanswered or whatever it was, but uh, it's already kind of showing the cracks. And so uh, it will, it'll be very telling in game six of, you know, if this is the Braves bullpen we're gonna, we've been seeing all series, or is this going to go back to being the Braves bullpen that we saw in the regular season? Uh, I'm with you. I think they definitely need to build on pitching. It's not, not their strong suit, but they have some guys who can really be um, big pieces for them, like the Max Freeds. Uh, if Soroka can come back and, you know, be the Mike Soroka that we kind of expect him to be. Uh, Charlie Moore, that, that's a solid one, two, three right there. So it, it'd be about filling out the rotation for that four and five and then getting some more guys that can solidify the bullpen um, if they want to get that long-term success. But but offensively, honestly, man, I don't know that there's a better offensive team in baseball. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because they're in the World Series and they're they're here right now. No, I mean, like they got their entire infield had 20 home runs and 80 RBIs at least. So that's, I mean, that's not... That's not an okay offense. That's not a good offense. No, that's that's a great offense. Um, so I agree. They got to keep Freddie. He's the uh, franchise cornerstone, not named Ronald Acuna. Um, if they don't keep Freddie, I don't like their chances. But I I honestly can't picture Freeman going to any other team. He seems like he loves it there. They love him there. He's been there forever. Now I'm pretty sure he was around when Chipper was playing, right? Yeah. Um, Freddie Freeman came underneath uh, Chipper Jones's wing. I think it was two thousand nine, if I remember okay, correctly. Okay, so he's been there. He's been there forever. So I, I don't see him leaving. Um, but I agree that the bullpen has to be addressed. So you know, hey, I'd rather uh, the Braves are kind of in an interesting spot where you know it seems like this free agent market is going to be dominated by the shortstops, you know, the power bats. Um, but if they can go out and just make a couple big bullpen moves, I think it would really help their chances of potentially becoming a dynasty should they go ahead and win the World Series this year. Yeah, uh, for for me as well with the rotation, if you stack those up against the Mets, Jacob deGrom, we'll see how Syndergaard comes back. If they keep Stroman. Well, I think Syndergaard and Stroman are free agents, right? I think Syndergaard's going to come back for one more year. I think they're I think they're going to offer him a qualifying offer or something just because he needs to reestablish his value because he's been hurt so long that he's probably not going to find a better contract out there. So I think yeah. he comes back in one year to reestablish his value. Whereas Stroman, I feel like the Mets cannot let Stroman go because he was their best pitcher last season considering DeGrom got hurt. So I don't think they let Stroman go. So matchup-wise, I think right now the... Mets have the edge in the division for next year. Obviously, do I think the Braves are going to win the World Series? I'm kind of iffy like that because for the Braves, Atlanta sports teams in general are cursed. <laughs> um, and last year, we saw the Braves give up a 3-1 lead to the Dodgers. So we'll see what happens this series. I think if they don't get it done tomorrow, I think the Houston Astros win the World Series. God, I would hate that. Oh my God, would I hate that. Yeah, because tomorrow you actually have a starting pitcher, Max Freed, whereas Game 7 you would have a bullpen game again. No, wait. No, you have Ian Anderson. No. Yeah, I think it would be Anderson, Game 7. Yeah, Anderson as well, too. 
But issue is if Max Freed gets shelled and you have to use your bullpen again, that's going to put you in a tough spot for Game 7. Granted, they yeah. off today, but... It's definitely going to be interesting to see, man. To me, there's no way, there's no way the Braves blow 3-1 to one leads back-to-back years. It, it's just, it's not possible. I'm putting it out there in the universe. Just I'm like essentially talking about the no-hitter right now. I'm saying there's no way in hell the Braves are going to blow a 3-1 lead back-to-back years. But they are headed to Houston. you got to think about that. They are headed back to Houston. And Houston's Houston Astros are tough to beat at home. They've proved that they can win in Houston, and they just need to win one game. It's just like, even though it's going back to Houston, and I think it, by most accounts, it's gonna that's gonna you know give the advantage towards Houston. The Braves have shown they can win in Houston, so I don't know how big of a uh, of a advantage it's gonna be for uh, for the Astros, and especially because I mean the Astros have to win two just to kind of stay alive. Whereas the Braves, once they win one, they got it. So uh, I think if you're the Braves, you got to go into tomorrow night being confident. Um, knowing you just got to get one game, 27 outs of the lead, and you guys have a World Series. Now That's for it. Now, for tomorrow, do you think the Braves play it as an elimination game where you, if Freed is not showing good um, strength in the beginning of, at the beginning of the game, you take him out right away? Do you think they treat tomorrow as an elimination game, the Braves? I think they treat it as an elimination game. I don't know how short of a leash they put on Freed just because, like you said, you know, Game seven is going to be all hands on deck. So, do you want to go ahead and tax that bullpen in game six? If you're like, if Reed goes out and gives up, like, I'm going to use some ridiculous number. Let's say he gives up six runs in the first three innings. Okay. And they're down 6 0. I think at that point, maybe you go to like a long relief guy where it's like, at this point, we're just going to chalk it up as the L. We'll just kind of, you know, use some crappier arms to kind of just buy us through this game. And then we're going to focus on tomorrow, game seven, and, and, Put everything forward, because I mean, if Free doesn't throw enough pit- enough pitches, maybe you see him come out of the bullpen in Game Seven. Doubt it, doubt it. But I mean, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Like that's what's kind of crazy about this time of year is that you just never know what's what you're going to see, who's going to come out of the bullpen. But um, yeah, I, I think they need to play tomorrow like an elimination game if they have a lead. You know, if they're up three to two, uh, and Freed's give them five and a half, five innings. I would go ahead and start, you know, getting the bullpen loose. I mean, you got to lock it down at this point. You know, you could lose last night. You know, I understand 3 1, 3 2. Okay, but you don't want it to take it to game seven if you're the Braves. Yeah, I think it happened game seven. And the Astros are experiencing game sevens. So, yeah, man, it's going to be be fun last two games. Um, Really hope that Atlanta can pull it out. And in the sports Atlanta sports curse. <laughs> oh God, they need it, man. That city needs it. So, what's been your favorite moment of this series so far? Uh, honestly, the Ian Anderson no hitter kind of sticks out to me, even though it wasn't a full no hitter. Uh, I think it was a no hit through five, right? Yeah, five innings. So that's been super impressive because we kind of got a, a different taste of Ian Anderson being Yankee fans because it, it was his first big league start. He damn near threw a no hitter against the Yankees. So Ian Anderson's kind of been on my radar since he came up, and it, it was been it was really cool to watch him just dominate the Astros um, in that in that game. I think it was what game three, game, game four, three. yeah, game three, game three. Okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that to me has probably been a favorite. Uh, the Duval Grand Slam that was definitely up there because I, I that like you saw the bases get loaded. It's like listen, they're one knock away from potentially winning a World Series right here, and they got the big hit. Um, Freeman comes up later, gets the home run. 
Like, I don't know, last night, I after the first inning, I was kind of convinced that it was going to be one last night. Fortunately, it didn't get done for the Braves, but those so far have kind of been my two favorite moments of the World Series. How about you? The Jorge Soler home run and then Dansby, well, yes. Dansby followed by Jorge Soler. Because that entire game, I honestly thought the Braves left way too many people on base and left way too many scoring opportunities up there to where I was like, oh, crap, they're going to lose this game. And then the Houston's going to go up. And then, you know, Dansby hits that homer. And then Soler hits that absolute missile to left field where uh, Alvarez almost broke his kneecap. Um, so, yeah, that was probably one of my favorites because, like, that entire game, I, I was like, man, this is like watching the Yankees play again. <laughs> and then they actually came back. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. Yeah, unfortunately, we as Yankee fans, we didn't see that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's been a it's been a great World Series though. Um, I think going into this, it was kind of like, well, either Houston's going to wipe the floor with them, or the Braves are going to put up a fight. And so far, it's kind of been the opposite, where the Braves kind of had the dominant hand all series, um, yeah. and Houston's playing ba- uh, from behind. So unfortunately, this is a team in the Astros that's you know experienced in playing it behind. I mean, they came back and forced a Game Seven against Tampa last year. I think after going down three one as well. Um, so I mean, this is this is a team that knows how to fight from behind. But let's just hope the Braves can close it out tomorrow night, and we can don't have to worry about it. Yeah, until next year. Um. So yeah. So last night's game, we saw Zach Greinke pinch hit, and Greinke went opposite field with his hit and smiled at first base. He it seems like only smiles when he's on the offensive side, offensive side of the of things. I was about to say, I feel like the headline should be Zach Grinky smiles more than Zach Grinky got a hit. Yeah, for sure, dude. He's very stoic dude, and he only shows emotion when he gets a hit or a home run. Um, so, yeah, so he's going to be, he's definitely the last pitcher to ever get a hit in baseball history. Oh, wait, let me rephrase that. Okay, so he's going to be the last pitcher in baseball history to where they actually have to hit in a game. I think I said that better. Yes, um, last yeah. night was the last game where there is not a DH involved. Yeah. Which is weird. I, well, I think as baseball fans, we all kind of want the universal DH. Um, but, you know, there is a level of strategy and there's a, a traditionalist aspect of it. I think we can all appreciate that that's going to be missed a little bit. You know, I think now that the reality is starting to sink in that, oh, wow. You know, pitchers aren't going to hit anymore. You know, and, and it was kind of bittersweet to have a guy like Grinky go up there, get a little opposite field knock, showing you know what, this may be the last time we see something like this, but we're going to go out on a good terms. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm still excited for the Universal DH, but it was just a little bittersweet moment last night. Yeah, um, one of your favorite moments was Bartolo Cologne Bartolo Cologne home run. Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember what my favorite. Um, pitcher moment hitting because I can only remember the bad parts of pitchers hitting. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka straining both his hamstrings running from second to home, I think it was, against the Mets um, back in 2017 or something. It was a while back where he did that. And then Chin McWong getting hurt in the bases in 2008 and then never recovered at all after that injury. Um, I can yeah, remember. What about, uh, wasn't there a time, and I might have this mixed up, but I'm pretty sure there was a game. I think I was like a freshman in high school. So let's say 2014-2015. It was a Kershaw-Bumgardner matchup at the peak of their rivalry. And I'm pretty sure either both of them went yard, like both of them took each other yard, or Kershaw took Bumgardner yard. 
um, something like that. But I don't know. I'm, I'm going to miss those crazy headlines where it's like pitchers are going yard off of like good other good pitchers. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It, it'll be a, it'll be kind of weird at first, I guess. Not uh, not having the like the pitcher spot hit, but I, I think we talked a little bit last night, and I said the one place I will not miss it is MLB The Show. Hate having my pitcher hitting. Hate it. So a DH is more than welcome there. You could turn on the settings to where. Uh, well, actually, you're playing online then, right? Yeah, online they force you, and it's like, listen, unless I got Otani hitting, I'm screwed. <laughs> I got that bat in like 180 up there. Yeah, my f- actually one of the one of the now I'm thinking back on the pitchers hitting in the 2009 World Series. Andy Pettit hit, got a go at a hit, I believe, to for the Yankees, either a game time hit, game time hit, or a go at a hit in 2009 World Series against Joe Blanton, I want to say. So that's no plan. Haven't heard that name in ages. Yeah. Um. So let's see. We we're talking about Madison Bumgarner. I'm trying to find his batting. Is you think now we can kind of close this chapter on pitchers regularly hitting? Do you think it's like without question that Mad Bum is the best hitting pitcher we've seen? For power, yes. I think Zach Greinke has better out, better bat average than Bumgarner. Bumgarner has 19 career home runs in 13 seasons. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let me check Zach Greinke real quick. Now, do you think managers would allow their pitchers that like to hit to keep on hitting? Or do you think they're not going to do that? Oh! Uh- I mean, there was a game a while back where the Giants played at Oakland, and I think Bumgarner was a DH for either part of the game or uh, some of the game, or he was just a flat-out DH for the night. I think certain guys like Bumgarner may... I will be a regular thing, but I think for a certain situation, they might allow him to hit. Uh, but he's also getting older, older, so I don't know. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, because it seems like Otani could be... Let's hope he's kind of the unicorn in the sense of two-way players because I don't like I, I want to appreciate how great he is and not sort of have a spotlight taken by anybody else. But if we do see more two-way guys come up, um, I think those guys will continue to hit depending how good they are of hitters. That's true. Um, yeah, but I think for the most like ninety-five percent of me is saying yeah. If we like I doubt managers are going to let their pitchers hit because I mean other than Otani, who else? Today is a reasonable threat that also pitches at the mound, on the mound. That's true. The only guy you can really think of is Brinke, but either way, he's also getting up in age, and I highly doubt that teams would want him to allow to hit, especially considering his um, not talent, but his numbers have started winding down in terms of how effective a pitcher he is. He's still an effective pitcher, but he's just not that Cy Young caliber pitcher anymore. Yeah. To where, to where I think if they let him continue hitting, it could affect his. Um, stamina on the mound too. Good point. Good point. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think we've sort of seen the end of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, to wrap up on Grinky, he has a two twenty five career batting average. Not bad. Hey, not bad. Not bad at all. All right. So speaking of people getting up in age, Albert Pujols says he is not done. He wants to continue playing baseball, and honestly, I'm all for it. If National League does get a DH next year. I mean, perfect fit. 
Yeah, I mean, like we're we're talking about the universal DH, and here's this here's a guy who that universal DH is going to help out specifically. Um, I think as baseball fans, the easy answer here is like, of course, I want him to go back to St. Louis. Um, and I think now that there's a universal DH, it kind of creates a spot for him. So I'm all for him coming back to St. Louis next year, and him, Wainwright, and Molina all kind of riding out in the sun. And I mean. He proved with the Dodgers that if you kind of put him in the right environment, he's still a very viable player. So uh, I think being back in St. Louis would really mean a lot to him, and I think he'd be good and be a good fit for him. Yeah, he's still a very effective hitter against left-handed pitchers. And yeah, I think if he goes back to the National League, he would be a good fit there. Um, a team that I'm thinking of, though, is the Miami Marlins, possibly. You know, get a little bit of leadership, get somebody in there that speaks Spanish, speaks English. And he can be a good veteran presence and easily can be DH. And you've got a lot of um, only issues. I'm not sure where you find playing time because there's not that many lefty, lefties in rotations in the NL East. If I think correctly, we have Max Fried, obviously. And then, dude, if, I don't think the Phillies have any left, good left-handed pitchers, starting pitchers. Off the top of my head, I can't think of. Yeah. So never mind. Maybe he's not a fit in Miami. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know what? Even for the veteran presence alone, if they paid him enough money, I'm sure he'd be okay with it. That's true. Yeah, so yesterday in the Dominican League, he had a walk-off hit in the 10th inning, and he went 1 for 5 yesterday. So getting after it. So he made the 42? 40? 41. 41, okay, nice. Yeah. How old is Tom Brady? Tom Brady, let's see. I think he's 42. Brady's older than Pujols? Brady is 44. Brady is 44. Holy. <laughs> good lord. I don't remember. Okay, so Battlefield 2042, the, one of the trailers, they actually showed Tom Brady. It's like still playing. I saw that. I was like, Super MVP Tom Brady, <laughs> like a little like white beard and everything. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. I think it's like for Brady, who plays a much more like contact sport than, uh, than Pools. I swear Pujols looks like significantly older than Brady. Yeah, uh, more games though, I would say, but either way, it's, yeah, you're you're right. Tom Brady, man, he's a complete different animal. Definitely chose the right sport and going, going to football than baseball. Yeah, actually ages in reverse. 44, <laughs> oh my God. All right, so All just right, a couple well, of, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, back to the baseball podcast. <laughs> All right, so a couple of quick things real quick before we wrap this up. Um, really cool story from Sean Doolittle's wife, Erin Dolan. If I, Hopefully I'm saying her name correctly. So I'm going to read this off her Twitter. Two years and one day ago, the Nationals won the World Series in 2019. The team, coaches, staff, and families all stayed up late celebrating. The next morning, October 31st, the team and families were set to fly from Houston back home to D.C. with the trophy. But it was Halloween. Many players, coaches, staff had their families with them, including their young children. All the kids showed up to the flight in costumes, but we wouldn't land in time for them to get home and go trick-or-treating. 20 minutes into the flight, Juan Soto got out of his seat with several bags of candy and gave each of us a handful. Then he went to the kids, gave them bags, and told them to go trick-or-treating on the flight. So they went row by row, and we each gave them a piece of candy. This prob seems small and silly. Those kids were super lucky to begin with. They just watched their team win a World Series, and they were on the team playing, a rare occurrence. And then the team superstar found a way from them to trick-or-treat. 
Juan Soto is just the coolest. That guy gets it. Cool move, man. That, that's sick. Love hearing that story. Cause I, you know, I, I've always kind of wondered that because I think there's. I was thinking about last night. I'm like, well, okay, it's Halloween night. If the Braves win the World Series, you know, if you're a player who has kids, how do you sort of manage that? Because obviously, I mean, the most important thing of your season is right in front of you with the World Series. But also from a kid's perspective, this is a, a super cool holiday that only comes around once a year where you can dress up, go get free candy. So I've always wondered how players have sort of walked that tightrope of like, okay, if my team makes it to the World Series, how do I handle my kids? Um, that Juan Soto, like you said, he gets it. That's that's a hell of a story and super cool moment that I hope more players um, you know, end up doing should that happen again. Yeah, and Juan Soto doesn't even have kids, which is really really awesome too because like he is a kid he's like 20 years old yeah he's a kid yeah he is good no i mean like he doesn't have any kids no i know i'm just saying oh, he okay. is a kid like, I mean, like oh, yeah it's crazy he's able to think that far ahead being as young as he is just won a world series and he's thinking you know what, let me make sure these kids are still going out there and having a good time yeah such an awesome dude man probably he's gonna be awesome to keep play watching play and hopefully the nationals can keep him around unlike bryce harper and Hopefully he becomes the next piece of franchise, and he's definitely going to be the guy that it's going to be. It's going to be the next Ryan Zimmerman in terms of going through tough years just to get back to the glory land of winning the World Series. And then one more thing, um, rest in peace, Jerry Remy. He lost his battle, his seventh battle with um, with cancer. He passed away yesterday morning at the age of 68, if I remember correctly. Um, this guy, he was broadcaster of the Red Sox, and a lot of people grew up listening to him. Obviously, as Yankee fans, we didn't really listen to him, but we understand what he means to the Red Sox nation, and to the and to the family, and to the Red Sox nation, and to all baseball in general too. And he actually did not die yesterday; it was two days ago. Wow, these past few hours went by really quick. But yeah, so rest in I peace, Jerry Remy. Yeah, rest in peace. I mean. Yeah, from what we were, from what I've been reading about from different Red Sox fans, it, it seems like this guy was kind of the equivalent of Michael K for the Red Sox. Um, and we know how special Michael K is to all, every Yankee fan. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Jerry Remy. Yep. All right. So, well, this was another episode of Inside Here Podcast. Next episode, we'll be recapping the World Series and hopefully the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. And we'll start talking the offseason. So, thank you for whether. Whether it's good morning, good afternoon, or good night, thank you for listening.